0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. The debut YA novel, We Deserve Monuments, from author Jazz Hammonds is getting all these great reviews. The book touches on race and queerness and intergenerational drama, all these heavy topics. And in this interview with NPR's Wanda Summers, Hammonds shares this thing that their mentor said, that debut authors often try to put everything into that first book because it might be their only shot, which I can totally see resulting in a book that's kind of a mess, but that doesn't happen here. Instead, Hammonds talks about balancing all the heavy and heady subject matter with something joyful, like young love.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp online therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com slash NPR today to get 10% off your first month.
0: From your car radio to your smart speaker, NPR meets you where you are in a lot of different ways. Now we're in your pocket. Download the NPR app today.
2: We Deserve Monuments is the debut novel by writer Jazz Hammonds. It's a young adult love story and a family mystery in
0: which Hammonds
2: touches on the familiar through their own lens.
0: I wanted to tell a story about... A daughter and a mother and a grandmother. Like, I jokingly call my book, like, Gilmore Girls, but make it black and gay, just, like, in relationships to the women in the story.
2: Their main character is 17-year-old Avery Anderson.
0: She is on the cusp of her senior year when her mom decides to uproot the whole family from D.C. to go down to the small town in Georgia where she grew up because the family matriarch is dying and in her final days.
2: And as Avery tries to unravel a painful family secret, she also finds herself crushing hard on Simone, the girl next door. There's a lot in this book that will keep readers guessing, especially the character who sets everything in motion. So I had to ask Jazz Hammonds about her. So we've just got to dig in here and talk about Mama Letty Avery's (laughs) grandmother. You make her feel really familiar. She is grumpy and wisecracking, but has this heart of gold. I don't want to give any spoilers here, but there comes to be this incredibly shocking complexity to her story. Tell us about her and why you give her this vibe of depth and
0: mystery. So Mama Letty was actually the first character that came to me when I started writing the book. And that first draft, I started writing it in November 2016. As we all know, it was a very volatile time in U.S. politics. And I was just so angry and I I had nowhere to put this anger. And so I think I gave it a lot to Mama Letty, this black woman who has felt so ignored throughout her entire life. But her her wit and her humor, I don't know, it just, it came incredibly natural to me. I wanted her to feel like a lot of our own family members, because, you know, like I personally didn't have a grandmother that was necessarily like a fountain of love and sweaters and warm hugs. Like, no, there were fights around the dinner tables and and there were wise cracks and jokes and stuff. So I definitely modeled her a lot after people in my own family.
2: I wonder, what do you think this book says to us about grief? Because we, of course, see it through Avery, who knows that her time with her grandmother is short and that anticipatory grief. But we also see it through others who lost loved ones many, many years before, but who are still really hurting.
0: Yeah, I think grief is just messy it's it's not a perfect circle and i think that in we deserve monuments in particular the anticipatory grief is really front and center because it's the feeling of I know that this person is about to die. I know that our time is limited. And Avery has a conversation with um, two of her new friends that she meets in Bardell, and they have a discussion over, oh, well, you know, her new friend, Jade, um, her mother was murdered and it happened like in an instant and um, somebody mentions like, well, at least Avery gets the chance to say goodbye. And grief doesn't work like that. And death doesn't follow anybody's timeline, like a perfect timeline. Um, And so I think that especially as a teenager, that's that specific coming of age moment that is so heartbreaking when you realize, oh, like there are people that... I will never get to meet, as in Avery never got to meet her grandfather, and there's a that's a different kind of grief. So, I definitely wanted to talk about like all of the incredibly hard things that are happening to our young folks, um, and the different the different ways that grief shows up unexpected and sudden.
2: You know, this book is so many things at once. It's this unfolding mystery. It's a deep exploration of intergenerational trauma and racism, but it's also this really beautiful queer love story. So I hope that you can talk to us some about that
0: part of this book. I was told when I was writing this first draft by um, a mentor of mine that debut authors, they often, we try to just fit everything in because you don't know if you're going to get a chance. Like, you you know, it just feels like you got that one shot. So I definitely feel like I was trying to (laughs) fit the weight of the world in this book. And that was so important to me to balance that dark with the light and the glow of being seen and falling in love for the first time. And, you know, it, for me, like I was, you know, just a complete wreck with the the recent news about the mass shooting in, in LGBTQ nightclub out in Colorado. And that just really hit me because, you know, queer cultural spaces are threatened they're being threatened to me it's really important to talk about the joy and the love in these places and avery and simone like one of their dates is is at this kind of underground club that only you only know about if you know you're queer and black like it is specifically like for them and i think that their love story is very sweet and very tender But I also just think they make a really beautiful pair of friends.
2: One of the things that strikes me about their story is the fact that Avery finds this love and this really beautiful acceptance of her authentic, biracial, queer self in a small town in Georgia in the Deep South after coming from feeling rejected and alienated from her own peers, her friends in a big city like D.C. Mm -hmm. I wonder, was that intentional on your part?
0: Absolutely. It was intentional because I think uh, it's important for me to showcase that queer people exist everywhere. We exist and we not only exist, we thrive everywhere. And that includes small rural towns, especially down in the deep south. And I wanted to show, you know, that you don't necessarily have to escape to the big city to find a community that is going to love you and uplift you.
2: So this is a young adult novel, though I have to say I'm a little older than that and I could not put it down. So (laughs) I wonder what do you specifically hope that your young readers might take away when they put this
0: book down? There's an ongoing theme about giving yourself grace. If teens read this book and if they take anything away, I hope it's that. I hope that it's you know, there there's a power in community and asking for help and, you know, asking to be seen and being witnessed and just really knowing that you don't have to go through this world alone and that people, there are people out there who will love you and uplift your whole self. Um, that was just really important to me for, especially for young people. Jazz Hammonds, thank you
2: so much for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Jazz Hammond's debut novel, We Deserve Monuments, is out now.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. When you're home shopping as a parent, you have lots of questions about local schools. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by a dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is
2: something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing, like not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never (laughs) stop. Dressing my
1: body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.